to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online. I'm Ben James, and as ever, I'm joined by Andy Howell and Simon Thomas. It's your podcast debut on the new Revamp Podcast, isn't it? I'm very frightened. It looks like I'm sat in the middle of a giant spider with Andy Howell on my left here. And uh, yes, the world has gone very high-tech since I've been away. And uh, well, I don't know what to expect, really. So this is going to be an adventure. We'll, we'll, we'll guide you through it nice and slowly, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll all get through it. But, of course, we've been uh, over at the stadium today to watch uh, Wales against England, the second one, uh, this time in Cardiff. Second World Cup warm-up match. And uh, 13-6 victory, number one in the world. Fantastic. Wales have made history, officially made history, because, of course, they were number one last weekend for uh, about 27 hours. But the unfortunate thing was the official world rankings came out after Wales lost to England at Twickenham. But they rectified that this week. Gone to the top of the rankings, knocked New Zealand off that perch. New Zealand been there 12 years. Incredible achievement. But I think we should savour this, that Wales are top of the world. Uh, rankings, OK, might not mean a lot come the World Cup, but it's, uh, it's certainly something to enjoy. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because not everyone likes these rankings, no. especially if they're coming out so thick and fast. We, we seem to write a story about them every day. There's a new twist and a turn. People, as Andy said, what do they actually mean in terms of the World Cup? And you'll also have people questioning how on earth can New Zealand drop from number one spot on the day when they've romped to a 36-0 win over Australia. But that's the quirks of the ratings. Wales played England to a fourth. New Zealand played Australia to a sixth. So Wales gained more points. It was very tight at the top. But I think the more important point to realise here is this is a reward for over a year's consistent excellence by Wales. I think it's 15 out of 16 games they've won now. That's a tremendous record. And they deserve to be right up at the top. Whether they deserve to be number one against a team they haven't beaten since 1953? There's an interesting question for you. But listen, it's better than where we've been a lot of the times in all the years Andy and I have been covering Wales. Well, yeah, obviously, when we when Warren Gatland took over, I think we were 10th. Um, but obviously, you know, you mentioned being number one last week. I think that's very much a case of being like number one in the midweek charts, isn't it? I don't think it, I don't think it counts yeah, so much. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, for sure. That's right. But, uh, you know, the more important thing, actually, from my point of view today was getting the result. I think it was right off the confidence of the World Cup. You can see really Wales had an attitude that they were desperate to win that game which I think that was typified by Dan Bigger staying on a pitch after he was injured. You know, he wanted to see Wales home. I, I thought it was much more what we've become used to from Wales. Mm. It was a real intensity to that performance, you know, physical commitment. Um, the lineup was excellent. That was good to see. Aaron Wainwright played a big part in them. She will speak about him more. Um, and Daniel Bigger controlled the game. It was, to me, it was a kind of typical Dan Bigger performance, really. Um, brought control and his tactical kicking was a big part of Wales' well, they success. Had, they had control, man. With the, obviously, they had control with Garth Hanscom. What damn bigger brought one, it was his own particular traits. Yeah, I mean, what we had was, in many ways, I think we said, yeah. you know, the perfect double act with Hanscom and Dan Bigger. Hanscom perhaps a slightly, you know, more attacking uh, strength to him. But, you know, Dan's there as number 10 now, as the first choice number 10. And he did what he's done for Wales over a number of years. He tested teams out with his kicking and his chase. And he played a big part in the try. Two pinpoint cross kicks led to George North going over. And the other thing you saw from him was the kind of bravery and resilience, which is such a part of his character. The guy is the ultimate competitor. Yeah, yes, Ultimate yes, competitor. Yeah. And I'm sure, as we were going to say, he would have, uh, you know, enjoyed... Responding to a certain comments made in the week. 
Well, that's the thing, isn't it? We've got to touch on this. Uh, there, there have been certain comments uh, in the week from uh, one former Welsh player in particular, uh, JJ Williams, who suggested that picking bigger would set Wales back 12 months and that we wouldn't win a World Cup with him. Um, after the match, Dan Bigger and Warren Gatland both responded to that and we'll, we'll listen to Warren Gatland's response uh, to JJ now. I don't, I don't know. Um, he needed to play 10 years. He's been coming off the bench and been doing a great job and we've, we've had Anskim, so... Um, I thought he was uh, he was really good today, so I don't know about that former Welsh player. Was he really old? <laughs> <laughs> played in the 70s, probably, so... <laughs> Nobody? Did he play over 50 odd years ago? Yeah, probably. That does explain a few things. So So that's what Warren Gatlin had to say. Ben, why are you you looking at me about JJ Williams? I I just feel like you're going to want to say something. So the question I'll ask is obviously, Dan said, you know, thanks to JJ Williams, Warren Gatlin, what he's just said there. Were they right to do that? Ooh, it was Dan. Gatlin and, and Dan Bigger. Do you think they were right to do that? Well, it's up to them because uh, it's uh, freedom of speech. JJ Williams is perfectly entitled to say what he thinks. Um, and it's the same for them. We're not living in Russia. We're not living in China. So say what you want as long as it's within the law. Uh, I'm a bit surprised at Gatland uh, uh, saying something because he should know that uh, JJ Williams was a, a fantastic rugby player. You know, scored tries at will doing the Invincible Lions Tour of South Africa in 1974. And played for some great teams, Wales teams, and was a superb uh, finisher. You know, I would argue he's a better finisher than any player who's currently in the Wales team. And, um, you know, when you look at look at the videos and what we can remember, Simon and I, when we were uh, growing up. Um, so JJ's entitled to his opinions. Uh, what he said about Bigger is uh, maybe JJ took it a little bit far. But, uh, you know, that's the reason they've been playing Gareth Anscombe ahead uh, of, uh, of Bigger, because they, Gatland and his coaching team thought Wales needed a bit more in attack to have more chance of winning the World Cup. So, uh, and I, Dan Bigger, yeah, he had a go back. It was strange to me that Dan Bigger had a go back at JJ Williams because Dan claims he doesn't follow social media, doesn't uh, read online, doesn't read newspapers. So how did he know about those comments? Uh, but so, and he said it motivated him. Well, I don't think Dan needs, needs any motivation because as Simon said, he's an arch competitor. Um, you know, it's a bit of a storm in a teacup, uh, really. Let's hope during the World Cup, JJ comes out with some more comments to fire Dan up and perhaps he will take us to winning the World Cup. Andy and I, I are old enough to uh, feel rather nostalgic about this JJ making yes. comments about the Wales outside half. <laughs> I seem to remember us doing stories about him talking about Neil Jenkins in the 1990s and JJ at the time was like, you know, a pundit who appeared regularly on television and his comments, he was often quite critical you know, as pundits are completely entitled to be. We've done it ourselves. And it was a bit odd to see him sort of coming back after quite a number of years not really sort of appearing in the, in the media with his comments. And hey, listen, we can hardly complain about it. It's been a story for us in the media. Uh, it created a headline in the week and it's created a headline now afterwards. And Dan's responded to it, perfect response on the pitch, both during the match and he's had a response after the pitch. It's all good knockabout stuff. Key thing for me is he's delivered, he's performed, you know, and that's what we really need. We yeah. needed him to. He's had a bit of a bang on the shoulder. But he should be fine. He's performed well with all the importance of that number ten jersey all on his back, and uh, he's a proven performer, and he will give everything. Yeah. One other thing I would add is that uh, Wales 
coming from that position of strength, winning all those matches, biggest taking part in some of those games, is that uh, surely at this early stage of just after Ansk has been injured, perhaps JJ, as I think we are, yeah, we should be backing Dan in bigger to the hilt. That, you know, he's he's got a job to do at the World Cup, and the country should be getting behind him at this moment. The interesting thing, Dan, um, and did you agree with this? Like, you know, Neil Jenkins had quite a bit of stick of JJ. Oh yeah, a lot of stick. Dan Biggers had it now. Similar characters, very strong, very very resilient yes. characters who will yeah. deal with this. With other players we've known in our time, with that kind of criticism can get to them. But I think it, as we said, with Dan being such a competitive person, it will actually spur him on to even. You know, great performances, and hey, listen, if it brings uh, the best out of Dan Bigger, keep on saying it. You know, keep on saying it, JJ. Absolutely, and it's, I, I, for me, it's it's always good to see a player sort of hit back a little bit like that because you know, we we, we moan enough that you know you go to press conferences these days and yeah. it's all sort of media trained, media friendly, quite monotonous. I won't say media friendly, I say media unfriendly. Well, the interesting, well, yes. uh, but the interesting <laughs> thing is that the coaches then kind of echoed it to a certain yeah, exactly, extent. So yeah. it was clearly, you know, Dan made the point, it wasn't just motivating to him, it was motivating to the team. And anything that works, whatever. So you, you say an empath, JJ's on the world's payroll. <laughs> well, <laughs> to us, John, we'll see him next. <laughs> I suppose, you know, this this was a big game for, for Bigger because, when, you know, he hasn't started many important matches for Wales in the last year. This, you know, this was a chance for him to sort of show. Yeah, yeah. He could, and you know, you you said it last week that you know you, you've always held the the view that you could not play Dan Bigger for until the World Cup and each slot in, and maybe last weekend showed that maybe he's got a little bit more catching up to do than you'd, you'd like to admit. So I think today would have been a massive step in the right direction. Yeah, it certainly was, wasn't it? Because today he didn't. He started a bit slowly. Mind today, it was a couple of kicks. One, you know, why was he kicking? Uh, put the ball straight up in the air once in his own half. But you could see he grew into that game. And as we discussed on the podcast a few days ago, if Dan Bigger knows he's number one outside half of the World Cup, you know, barring some, uh, something unexpected. And uh, But we said he, he perhaps that would make him thrive, his confidence. And I think we saw that today, didn't we? He was full of beans. He was into everything. There was a moment, and he was bossing it, wasn't he? Yeah, there was one moment in particular where... It worries me when Dan Bigger is quiet, you see. When he puts one of his like trademark chips over the top, and he, he's got this great ability to sort of put the ball in the air and for it to come down very quickly, so that he, although he's got like really 15 yards to travel, he will get there first. And there was one today where he got there like well ahead of the English player, and it is such a weapon in his armory. You really have to go back to the last World Cup against uh, South Africa in yep. the quarter-final. Gareth it was his Davis. chip over the top, which he collected, and Gareth Davis went over there. It was one of Wales' great weapons at the time. Mm. And let's be honest, when Wales sealed the Grand Slam against Ireland, what did the try came from? It came from a little chip over the top from Gareth mm. Anscombe. The kicking game, is, if done well, Andy, the kicking game is still such a huge weapon in rugby today, isn't it? It is important, yeah, but it's not everything. It's not and everything. today, Wales didn't create a lot today, mind. No, although well, I, I thought Wales actually moved away from the kicking game at the wrong times today. I thought there was a sort of period in the second half where Wales couldn't get any sort of front football or traction right, and momentum. And I thought that's the sort of time you want it. You want to you want to yeah. kick yeah, early yeah. when you're on the front foot. My, they, were, they were kicking off the back foot, which yeah. I just thought My didn't help. My concern watching Wales today again, and it wasn't a huge, huge issue, but it still remains one of the main concerns for me, is the ball carrying issue. And we, physically, we're not an enormous side. and We don't really have any sort of big Billy Vunapola-style, big ball-carrying, Marco Vunapola-carrying forwards. In fact, out the World Cup now. Um, 
puts a big burden on a Moriarty who will always give the, the one player who, who did offer it today on a couple of occasions you know as you would expect is the way he plays with Jake Ball yeah. the is Jake what, Jake was playing on one leg for a lot of that game yeah, he was struggling yeah. young Aaron Wainwright carried as well he's, yeah. a, he's, a, yeah. he's a different kind different of character he's a carry, dynamic yeah. character yeah. what we don't have is that kind of forward who can go into contact yeah. and drive you forward four or five it, yards you know I think Ross Moriarty he, he came alive again the sort of final 20 minutes a bit but I think it's been too sub uh, subdued performances uh, from him against England we saw flashes of his aggression today when it flared up the forwards but uh, you know I believe Moriarty is a big match uh, player the bigger the occasion the better he plays and come the World Cup I've got no qualms about him I think he will perform in the World Cup I think he's fine and he's also subconsciously he knows he's in our World Cup team because there's no foul at all so maybe you know maybe he's holding back a bit let me throw something at you then again today one of the star performances was Aaron Wainwright. He was one of the big pluses last weekend. Gatland used the word outstanding for him. He also said that Josh Davidi was outstanding. Great to see Josh back in the field for the first time since March. Brings all that combativeness, yep. ability over the ball, always punches above his weight. You've got Tipperick to come back in. So you've got four players. And Shingler did very well when he came off the bench. So where do things lie now, Andy, in the back row well, pecking order? Gatlin, as we know, is a master, isn't he? A master manipulator. So he will put pressure on Moriarty now, perhaps by picking Navidi at number eight in the next match, which could be actually be like a, a mix and match up Wales and Ireland te- so, and teams. So what do you see Wales' starting lineup in the back row being come the World Cup? Come the World Cup? Uh, I still think it'd be Moriarty at eight. I think it'll be uh, uh, Navidi at six. Really? Yes, and uh, it'll either be Tipperich or Wainwright at seven. I just think Wainwright is putting on such pressure. What, Wainwright at seven with no Tipperick? Yeah, possibly. So you, you think, you think Tipperick's more in danger of losing his place than Navidi? Well, I think Navidi's... In that uh, back row, wouldn't you have Navidi at seven and Wainwright well, at six? Well, you could have, but they, they can both play either side. Well, Navidi can play anywhere, can't he? You know, he's... Uh, it's nice to you have know, this discussion, isn't it? Yeah, really when Navidi plays for Wales, they tend to do well. Yeah. And he pro- you know, he's a master of holding people up. He's so strong and he's got that wrestling background. Yep. He wins turnover scrums. I think there was big pluses today for me, see, Ben. Navidi came back. He weren't sure how he stayed. He just hit the ground running like he's carried on. And Shingler, I thought, his line-up work in the second half coming on with Wainwright yep. having gone off. You know, I thought that was important. So, you know, having had a few issues, having lost Faleto, knowing that Ellis Jenkins is out, it's great now to see the, the back row forwards coming forward. Hey, that's a great position to be in. And we do know you, it's a position you're getting injuries in. How many specialist locks will Wales take the, the World Cup? Will Shingler goes a lot. Well, locks, a lock is starting to become a difficult situation, isn't it? But, I mean, you've got Adam Wynne jones and, and you might not see him now until the World Cup. I don't know, possibly that might be cotton world time now oh, for him. Yeah. Um, He'll be playing against Adam Beard. Adam Dublin. Beard is only a minor issue for yeah. him. Um, Jake Ball today, I mean, you don't know what he's... They described as a dead leg. I mean, he, he soldiered he, through because Wales were running out of the cover, you know. Um, I believe he came back. No, the, the, the one for me is we haven't seen Corey Hill on a rugby field since the game against England. Yeah, He had that foot problem. He was doing work on the sidelines today for television, being interviewed there. Um Need to get, need to see him playing rugby again. But I, I, my, my guesstimate has always been that Wales take five back row forwards: the two Aaron's, Wainwright, Shingler, Tipperick, Navidi, Moriarty. Yes, you're five, and then I presume they would take four second rows, which would be Alan Jones, Beard, Corey Hill, and Ball. 
Is that how you see the split? Uh, that's up? how I'm, I'm starting to see it now because James Davis is gone today, I would say, from that World Cup record. Lucky for James. And lucky yeah. for him. I feel for him. He's a great lad. And, uh, uh, but, but he, you know, he was injured early on, so we did, didn't know what he, what he could do. Is he going to get another chance in the warm ups? Um, he'd have to play against Ireland in Cardiff, not any chance of making the squad. But of course, he's got this back problem as well. I, I think today, unfortunately for James, I think that's probably the end of his chances again. Yeah, it's really, you do feel for him because yeah. if you think about it today, this was his big chance. It's only his fifth t- cap, you know. He's 28 years old, a big opportunity in the big stage against an England team without probably a specialist. Open side, Ledlam moved from six to seven. Yeah. Chance for him to really excel. He's a turnover king in the Pro 14. And it was just a cruel moment. I think he went in for a double hit, bit of an initial clash of heads with his brother Jonathan. Yeah. Then, as he went to ground, accidental knee to the back of the head from Maro Etoje. You could see as he went down to the next scrum, he wasn't quite right. And a couple of minutes later, he had to call it a day. Now, hopefully, he'll still be. I mean, how long have we got to the Ireland game? It's a fortnight. Two, fortnight. Yeah. So, I mean, protocols. Fingers crossed he can get another opportunity. But I think he realistically now is in the situation where. There's five who seem close to on the plane, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, Shingler doing well today. Yeah, you know, I think that, I think that five for the back row has been pretty solidified now. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, mention Shingler there. So the funny thing was about that. I, I guess I, I wouldn't have thought that was the first time in James's life that his brothers dropped a Swede on him. <laughs> because he uh, he caught him, didn't he, with a, uh, yeah. the old uh, an accidental butt, and then of course the Capone Matt as older told you caught him on the knee. Yeah, yeah, you can't have much more bad luck than he, James. I mean, the irony was that actually, well, James went off early. Wales were quite good over the ball today in turnovers. There was a yeah. turnover for Nicky Smith. There was one for Dylan Lewis. Navidi pulled him off as well. Very, com- and it is a strength for Wales, you know, that they've got a number of players in their squad can do it, and that's you know without Tipperick on the side, and it's such an important part of the game so that was encouraging yeah. George, for me George North course George North got it, gets over the ball I didn't, he was really going to win one but I think it was an it advantage was being played yes we came back I was going to ask you Ant because you, you know you, you watched a lot of rugby with this. Were, were England very disappointing today yeah, they were after last week, I thought, but they, but Wales were played much. Wales were more. Up for, less, Wales were less, definitely more, a lot more up for that game. Yeah. and right on it. And England, like you just, the guy you just mentioned, Ludum, what's his name? Ludum. Ludum. Yeah, yeah. he didn't show so much today. No. For, he was one who didn't show so much. Today. I was expecting Courtney more Laws. from England today. I mean, Wales really. Well, I think that's a bit too on top for Wales. large sections of that game. Really, and it started very well. Retained possession very well. I mean, we weren't really able to break through hugely, and Wales' no. defence good. But I mean. Uh, the Wales well, defence better than last weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They were cut yeah. a bit, weren't they? Uh, yeah. P- uh, Piers Francis got a couple of problems from the yeah. yeah. breaking. England, England still looked quite sort of fluid in their movements, attacking wise, and you know they, they troubled sort of in front of Wales, but you, they didn't, they didn't sort of. Wales get gifted, well. get gifted the line breaks like they did last there, week. There, there is one enduring problem, though, isn't there, with that with the Welsh team at the moment? It's, it's got to be said, and that's the scrum. Yes, absolutely. That's it. You know, you look which at, wasn't which wasn't a huge problem in the Six Nations. No, ironically, it was the the lineout was the problem in the Six which Nations. Now which, looks very smooth yeah, today. You no, know, last week it wasn't great, but fifteen today, out of fifteen today. Today, today was hit, brilliant. You know? But then then the scrum. Um, I know I know Matt Southam's pretty much torn his hair out uh, tweeting about the angles of Dan Cole. Um, yeah, but sometimes sometimes okay, Cole does that a lot. But also, if your opponent is under a lot of pressure and falls in. He's, his rear end is naturally going to go out. Uh, uh, Coles. There were two times today where, as they got, as the ball was going away from the scrum, he looked at it. Cole was on the floor with his head facing 
out through the tunnel towards the loose said side of the England scrum. So, well, listen, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know an expert. I was sat next yeah, to Pricey exactly. and I was just like, I was saying, what's going on here? And, <laughs> and uh, but I suppose the bottom line, whatever was going on, Wales came but, very much second best in the scrum. And it's a, it's a worry. But it has more, to be yes, said, it's a yes. worry. But I'm more concerned. And uh, I've done Graham Price's column with him. Scrummaging legend. 70s great, Graham Price. And uh, export forward is not so much about Dan Cole on Nicky Smith, but it's about uh, Thomas Francis. Thomas Francis was a, a re- major plus point. Doing a Six Nations, Pricey a couple of weeks ago identified him as a key man for the World Cup, but he's surprised Ellis at Genges. what's happened. Ellis but I think you've got to give credit to Alice Genge. Uh, he's had uh, Francis uh, and um, uh, well, he had him tied in knots at Twickenham yeah. and he put him under pressure and then uh, Marla today. comes on as well extra yeah. you know, real experience you know, uh, and Wales in. as well we're out a bit today because the ref was quite lenient at the scrum he was uh, as Pricey said it was heads and tails who was having a penalty or whatever there was a Wales as well there was a couple of flared ups which I think Wales probably uh, started themselves a bit yeah. or got involved in just to get at England do, do, do you and of course the is, other big concern is the Welsh substitutes when they come off the bench the scrum you know is in major trouble so Dylan themselves. Lewis come on the tight head Dylan's great win, win lo- Joe, I mean, Dylan as he said over the ball loose, but uh, he has problems at scrum doesn't he and what's the situation with Samson Lee when is he going to be playing? Well, he seems to be injured all the time, doesn't yeah. he? You know, autumn international Six Nations. He get, but his hamstring seems to be an ongoing issue with him. So, I mean, so is he? Is the word that he's likely to be involved in the Irish games? Who knows? We don't know. It's in the same boat as Corey Hill, really. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. the other is uh, our top loose head is clearly a scrummager, and he's really good at Rob carrying Evans, a ball. He offers on a kind of ball is Rob Evans. He's a top player. So what's the story with Rob? He's, he's had a, a neck and shoulder problem, but he should be back for these Ireland games. Okay. So the, that that away game in Ireland could be very important for two or three players who haven't really had a chance yet. You're looking yeah. at Corey. You'd what you'd like to see Corey Hill and Rob Evans and maybe Tip Rick fit again for those games. Yeah. That game, wouldn't you? I mean, I, that, that to me is going to be a very interesting selection. Mm. Okay. Gatlin claimed a couple of days ago that uh, if this had been a big World Cup match, all those guys could have played this weekend. Going back to what you said about Pricey, you know, Lions legend, Wales legend. What's his take on it then? Is is his view that perhaps Wales haven't put enough time into scrummaging during their training camps? He thinks their scrummaging is shoddy, and there's uh, he thinks Welsh rugby, not just Wales, is too much about gym monkeys. About what? Gym monkeys. <laughs> he thinks at regional level, the regional regions gobble up the youngsters, yeah, put them in a gym, and he thinks he believes they should be released far more often to play at club level against like old vet runs and know every trick in the book because he says that how you learn to scrummage how you learn to scrummage is by minutes on a pitch hang on a second Thomas Francis plays for Exeter he's never played yes, in Wales and this is the point this is a point Pricey made during the Six Nations and the Autumn Internationals who, who, where Thomas Francis come from then where's preparation work being done for those matches playing for Exeter Chiefs since the end of the season he's been with Wales training for the World I'm Cup I'm not having that because Why are you because Thomas Francis spent a huge amount of time last season with Wales. Yeah. Yeah, but he came straight into the autumn camp and to the Six Nations from playing for Exeter Chiefs. So he says, Graham Price says, the Gallia Premiership is a much tougher competition than the Guinness Pro 14. So he believes players have more prepared scrummagers 
uh, for international rugby rugby in the Premiership from the Premiership. It's an interesting talking point. I mean, yeah. I, I would be interested to know how much time yeah. they have worked on the scrummaging. What what he said his remedy was his remedy was they need some more time on scrummaging machines, but ideally they should hold a stage a lot more live scrummaging practice sessions. I mean, I, I don't know if they but do that though. They do some, don't they? They do some. They, they always tend they to get quite close. Yeah, they always tend to get quite close. They get some people in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever the reasons, right? It's clear that there is an issue here yeah. that someone needs to be addressed over the next three or four weeks. Robin McBride working with the forwards, I mean... And they need to get Samson fit. This, this is the thing, we, we came away from Twickenham last week and, you know, Gatland post-match said there was a, there's a lot of things we did wrong today which we think are fixable. And on the, you know, on the most part, a lot of things were fixed today, line speed, you know... Or line out. Line out, mm-hmm. but the scrum was the one. I I was, you know, speaking to Southcombe on on the sort of drive back from Twickenham. And I said, my point was, just just how easily fixable is the scrum? Because I, that's, that's to me, it. that that doesn't strike me as something that you you fix in a week like maybe you would for sort of line speed and and, and a line out. Well, you can't, can you? Exactly. It doesn't matter what work you do with some players. Either they scrummage or they can't. I mean, the only thing for me is that we have seen during the winning run with Wales the scrum. Has generally been quite solid. Yeah. Now, if they've achieved that in the past, yeah. I, I don't they were think solid he, against England when they beat them in the Six Nations. Yeah, but England, I, what was the England front row then? Um, Jamie George. I don't think Dan Cole was. Involved. I think it was Mako Vunapola. Yeah, he's not a great scrummager, Mike Mako. He's. I think it was Dan Cole. Cole wasn't involved. Ben, was he? Sinclair was Ben it? Moon playing. Well, no, ben Sinclair, because I remember Sinclair oh, went oh, off yes. even after they got oh, under his skin right, yeah. a bit. Yeah, I mean he's brilliant in the loose, yeah. and he's not a bad scrummager. He's work in progress. So this scrum wasn't as powerful as probably as the scrum they had out today. The um, the other thing we thought was an interesting story to come out of today in the post-match press conference was what we've learned about Lee Halfpenny's day. That, that has certainly been one of the difference. Yeah. He wasn't down to play. He wasn't even the 23. Um, hard training session on the Friday. Training again today on the Watt bike, we're told. Big old session. On the, you, you, Andy, you're a biking yeah. expert. You know all about that. And a hard old session on the, on the bike. Came off with all the wobbly legs, feeling very tough. Nice day of rest ahead. Half an hour before kickoff, he started. Liam Williams has got a bit of a hammy. So uh, it was a real challenge for Lee, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, certainly was. I think uh, the, uh, there was 31 players involved today, though. Apparently, we were going to be on a pitch before. And, of course, he was uh, yeah, one of those. It was a big challenge. Yeah, if, you know, his legs heavy. He hadn't played international rugby since being concussed against Australia last November. As Gatlin said afterwards, perhaps it was a good thing for Lee that he was thrust into it like that without having too much time to think about it. And a uh, bit of a shaky start. The first eye kick they put up, he missed it by a, a long way, actually. But, uh, you know, he got better then. He caught the ball. He made one try saving tackle in the first half. Great tackle in defence. And his positional play was good. He was as brave as uh, uh, ever. And uh, in the end, he put over a vital pen- penalty. It's funny watching him hit um, the two long-range penalties. One which Dan Bigger was available for and they gave to Lee. The second, Dan was in a bit of treatment f- further in. Both of them, they didn't have the trajectory of normally half-penny kicks at all. They, yeah, were, they were real scudders, flat. You know, yeah, and you could see that there wasn't perhaps the umph in his legs, but fair play to him. I think that, to me, is the ultimate professionalism of Lee Halfpenny. That, you know, he's thrust in after a long, hard couple of sessions on the bike, Clearly, heavy legs, and he got through it, and he kicked the, the the penalty that ultimately sealed the victory. So, yeah, great to see him back on the yeah. international he also, stage. He also, as well, did some good link play. 
Yeah, he and did. He, was, he looked. You know, he looked. He is decent at that. Anyway, people don't give him the credit. He no, he's he straight. He runs straight, and he fixes defenders, and he passes at the right time. He's a good link player. Mm. No, it was good. I enjoyed that today. There was an edge about the Welsh performance. That's the thing for me. A real edge. Yeah. And Eddie, you know, what did Eddie say after his end? Eddie, didn't Eddie install Wales as favourites to win oh, the World Cup? I thank you, Mr Jones. Uh, That's funny you. enough, because I think we got that audio <laughs> right oh, now. Yeah. So we'll listen to that. Ah, uh, well, they're favourites for the World Cup now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't have anything else to say, mate. Yeah, when you go number one rank, you're favourites for the World Cup. So, that was what Eddie had to say. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a, a, a post-match England press conference without Eddie saying something, would it? I hear there's a film being made. Have you heard this about um, Japan's victory yes. over South Africa it's gonna, in Brighton? It's going to be released. The miracle literally. of Brighton or something. It's going right? to be released and just I, before I was the seeing Cup. the picture of the man who's going to play Eddie Jones. That's a challenging performance, isn't it? T- taking on the role of Eddie. And, uh, I want to know. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's like Daniel Day-Lewis. No, I think it's something, it's something it a bit more obscure than that. Yeah, people, readers and listeners love to look it up. But, Funny yeah, it's interesting. You know, Eddie's going to be, interesting. He's going to be um, entertaining at every press conference. Stalling Wales is favourites of the World Cup. Well, they're number one in the world. They're not favourites of the World Cup. They're not, really. I mean, at the moment, I think if you asked nine out of ten rugby fans, they'd probably still say New Zealand. Probably yeah. Eight out of ten rugby fans. Yeah, but perhaps um, that's their naivety, though. Are they real rugby fans who follow the world game to say that? Oh, you... <laughs> Be careful now when you write the All Blacks off at your peril, isn't it? You know, 36 you look, look at today against Australia. Huh? No, I mean, That's the thing, you you know, told you me the Australia had chances early on and all so that. It was interesting, the first uh, half of that game actually was relatively close. And Leotharna missed a couple of kicks. And New Zealand became, you know, really took control. I mean, you could watch in the hacker, you could tell they were, they were up for it. Yeah. An interesting game today um, with South Africa against Argentina. I believe yeah, South Africa then just won narrowly at the yeah, end. Yeah, but of the that's day. the thing. You look at the three games, oh. the three big games last weekend, and then this weekend is okay. okay. South Africa came through, but it's pretty much been a role reversal, isn't it? That that just shows yeah. you sort of how well, you that know, the, top, the, the top the top eight in world rugby is very. Well, this much is a, a goes back to the whole thing about the rankings. This yeah. is why we've got all these stories yeah, yeah, yeah. about the rankings because everything is concertinaed yeah. up, and you've got well, how many teams can now win the World Cup? Realistically, what? how six, many? Realistically, six, six, seven. Now, that's a lot going Wales, into a World England, Cup. England, Ireland, South Africa, Australia. You can't, you New can't Zealand. count Australia out in a World Cup year, can no. you? That's six. Yeah, yeah, New Zealand could you have... Would, you'd discount France? Yeah. I well, they're playing Scotland this evening, I think, aren't they? I, I yeah. discount them. Argentina, discount them. Argentina scrum's not good enough. Although they made Which is the, ironic, I think, given their history. Yeah, but they haven't been good for about 10 years, is it? I think, actually, today, didn't they make 12 or 13 changes after last weekend's, uh, you know, shocker? They were awful. So maybe they've actually improved their team. I, I mean, uh, when you look at the World Cup... I mean, there's and of course, they, of course they, they, they couldn't beat New Zealand. I know New Zealand didn't pick up an entire first team, but Argentina probably should have beat them a few weeks ago. The added context of today, I mean, it's the third time Wales have played England this year. And of course, there could be very easily Quite a fourth final. time coming up. Because I think the way the, the draw is scheduled, with either Wales winning their group and England second and theirs, or vice versa, they could be playing. What's the town in uh, Japan where they could be playing? Uh, oh, a small place. I mean, it's, it's gone from here. Yeah, and anyway, so I mean, assuming, there could be a uh, could be a huge fourth game between these yeah, old rivals yeah. to come. Assuming one or both of them get through the group. Well, you don't think you think one of those two might miss out qualifying? Oh, I think they're both in really tough groups. So, I mean, it was interesting. I was looking yeah, at the Fiji- England, Fijian France, squad. It was, it was announced yesterday. That was very strong. England got France. And Argentina. Wales yeah. got Fiji and Australia. 
Yeah. And spoilers in Georgia, where you need to get, you know, you need to get bonus point against them. I think all of this just shows us that, you know, going into this World Cup, we've both covered, well, I, well I've seen everyone, you've seen everyone, we've covered a lot of them. This is the most open, open World Cup yep. I can recall. Yeah, exactly. And it's in a country in Japan where we must not discount what they can do as hosts. You know, I think they've had a really good year. Really good. I'm predicting, have I already done this on a podcast? I don't want to cover real ground, but I'm predicting they will produce at least one upset at the World Cup. They will beat Scotland in their group. And do you know what? They might beat the Irish. I think, I think, I think Japan will make the quarterfinals. At the expense of whom? Well, Scotland. Scotland. Hmm. Yeah. Some more in that group as well, mate. So Greg, Greg, Atang, Greg Townsend's a little. You know, he's a great coach, but I'm not sure he's going to stumble, a, a stumble the, along. The, his. the thing, the thing for me now is that the big talking point of these warm-up games. A lot of people have expressed opinions. Why are we paying four games? It's such a risk of injuries. You know, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We lost Gareth Anscombe. Falato obviously was lost in a training ground incident. Uh, we've picked up an injury to James Davis today. Got other bangs, you know, bruises and bangs. Um, so it's it's almost when you at this stage now, the wind's lovely, top of the world is lovely, but each game that goes by, with players having survived that game, you're quite grateful. It, 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 this, yeah. I you remember four years ago with Lee Halfpenny and Reese Webb being injured in the final game of City. It's nerve wracking time, and, and that, make no mistake, that was a full on physical game today. Bodies on the line, some huge ricochets, some huge hits. You're only one badly mistimed hit away from an injury. So it's a, it's a precarious time That's for a rugby both player. Both teams suffered injuries today, didn't they? I will point out one thing, though. Anscombe, he wasn't injured because he was tackling anything. He was injured sidestepping, and that could happen in training. His knee yeah. just collapsed. Same as the great John Rutherford did at the 87 World Cup. Was stepping, yeah, just went. And I think that's how Alan Shingler's knee. It, it, didn't Alan Shingler's knee go when he just stepped? It's it's a hard one, uh, you know, against yeah. uh, Leinster, wasn't it? It's a really yeah. hard one because you know you, you you want to produce performance to sort of nail your place on that plane to Japan. You want Wales to do well, but you know that every hit you make, yeah. every tackle you make, you one you one miss place of a foot, one bang away from losing the World Cup dream. So. Hey, it's not easy, isn't That's it? The thing, like you, today's there was a lot of injuries in today's game, but touch wood, they they should all be sort of injuries that uh, yeah, you can shake off. Yeah, well, yeah. Ed, Eddie Jones said afterwards you know, there was a few injuries, but he said it was a funny old game because none of them you'd think would would cause him any problems. So um, touch wood that that's uh, that's all okay. Um, I think we got time for one question. We got a question in from one of our listeners. Oh. Is this a new venture? This is a new venture, so this is... Oh, my word. You have to take me through this one, Andy. Be gentle with me. Sent in an audio message on WhatsApp, so um, I think he's from the Netherlands, Nicholas. So uh, we'll listen to Nicholas's uh, question, and then um, we'll get your response. This is uh, Nicholas from the Netherlands, uh, originally from the Brecon Beacons. Um... Yeah, after the win today, um, surely it's time for Wales to start with Jared Evans against Ireland and maybe have Patchell on the bench and then um, alternate them for the uh, the follow-up um, uh, with the last warm-up game. Uh, yeah, thanks. So there we go. Great question from Nicholas. Um, always nice to know that we got listeners out in the Netherlands, albeit via the Brecon Beacons, but... Um, so yeah, like like we mentioned before, the biggers come through this game. So, do you agree with him that it's time to uh, to get Jared and Patchell in? Well, the interesting thing is that 
if you look at the 23 named for the game against England, the rematch, Jared Evans seems to be ahead of Patchell in the pecking order. He was the man picked. Now, he got on for just a few minutes at the end of the game. I'm not, I'm not sure if he actually touched the ball. Did uh, kick the ball out of play? Kicked the ball out of play. Was that the only time he won it? Anyway, very minimal action. He swept up, but the, 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 the um, gone. So you would imagine now that the away game in Dublin, I, I would have thought Big Earl would be rested, and I would have thought... That's the final game, mind Oh, so it's the first, the first one so in Cardiff. Cardiff My understanding Cardiff is the Cardiff. game in Cardiff, they're going to do the same as the last World Cup. He's got to agree. Gatlin and Joe Schmidt got an agreement. They'll be fielding, if you like, almost yeah. eight teams. So that would you'd imagine that both Jared and Patchell will get game time in that match. Perhaps Jared starting, Patchell coming on. Um, Based it, on the day, Jared's got to start that game. Because if, from Gatlin's comments, the few yeah. days ago you suspect that Jared is the number I mean two. in terms of the question you know about Jared Evans is it time to give him I mean I've watched Jared since he, he was a teenager Andy and I both saw him play for Wales in the 20s did that and then his career sort of stagnated to a certain extent wasn't getting a huge amount of opportunities the Blues and the season before last I think he was coming out of contract and you're thinking oh is, is, it, is he going to be renewed you know and um the big issue with Jared, I mean, he's always been a wonderful runner with the ball in hand, lovely pass of the ball. The issue has always been his kicking game. You know, I think he'd probably be, have to admit that. He's had to work on it. It didn't come naturally, perhaps, to him. And the angles of kicking. And he's worked and worked on it. He's got his kicking now to a you know, very acceptable level. And on top of that, he also has the outstanding attacking ability of the ball. I think he's one of the best running fly halves in Europe. But, of course, he hasn't yet at that test on the test stage and that's what you need to see now because with Anscombe out of the World Cup either Patchy or Jared Evans is going to go to that tournament we might take both of them but certainly one of those two and over the next well probably in that Ireland game we're going to have the decision about which, which one it is and uh, it'll be fascinating to see how Jared responds well, in the international stage I think if they take two outside halves as it currently stands well biggest obviously one of them It'd be Jared Evans. I think if they were to take Patchell as, say, the backup outside half, I would think they would take Evans as well. Do you think the the concussion issues that Patchell had which, uh, has affected? Well, we, well, I, I'm not privy, or I'm seeing any training sessions, so I don't know. You know, I don't know his status, really. Yeah, it became yeah, such yeah, an. Yeah. If you think back, you know, at the end of last year's tour to South Africa and North America, he ended that tour as he the was, Wales' oh, number one yeah, fly yeah. half. Absolutely. And it was just so untimely, the injury he had last season. And then obviously, I think he, he was left out a couple of times by the Scarlets, some question of the, the defence. And clearly he'd come back from, because he'd had an earlier uh, concussion, bad concussion in, incident when he was took a bang from Nick Williams a few years ago. He's had another one this season. And it obviously kind of knocks you back a bit. But I would love to see Patchell come back and produce the patch we saw a couple of years ago mm. when he was like really pulling the strings for the Scarlets coming through well for Wales like he did last year um, I think both of them are going to get an opportunity listen you know if they both have 40 minutes let's see what happens yeah we know more about Patchell when they pick at 23 to face Ireland in the next match I think that's when we'll learn if Patchell's you know right to uh, and the other play. one for me in, in, I think we haven't mentioned him yet from an injury perspective is Thomas Williams because yeah. he's he, you know he would have got a, some, a fair bit of game time in these first two matches you suspect he's been injured and the, the word is they're confident he'll be okay for the World Cup will he be ready to play against Ireland in those two matches I mean they, you presume they would take the three scrum hours they've got um, you'd like to see him get a, a bit of game time as well because he offers something different doesn't he in the scrum yeah. situation but hey, listen, today everything is a lot more optimistic than it was a week ago. Indeed it is, but um, 
we'll have to wait a little while for that island team. That's in a fortnight's time. But we'll be back uh, on the podcast on Tuesday. And we're not going to Portugal. No, Portugal. no, that's true. Isn't that where Wales are going? Oh, sorry, no, Turkey. 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 See, I'm all confused. Oh, is this like new technology can, can, we, 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 we should just go to Portugal. Any place Port- you, let's go to Portugal, <laughs> I said. Uh, any place you like, it goes to Turkish bath. And on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah, and on that bombshell. Um, yeah, so we'll be back on Tuesday with the next podcast. Uh, we'll be answering your questions, so get them in on the Facebook forum, on Twitter, and on WhatsApp. But until then, you can catch all the latest rugby news on Wales Online. 